Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Money, money, money. Must be funny in a rich man's world. What about a rich woman's world, Abba? How about that, hey? Money is something I think feminists don't talk enough about. Maybe women are socially conditioned not to talk about money. So guilty feminists, before we dive headfirst in the deep end, not the shalalalalalalow end, because that can be dangerous, into today's episode, I wanted to share a little sneak peek and amuse bouche some might say, from an upcoming episode where I spoke to the fabulous Candice Brathwaite as part of our pay partnership with PayPal. Candice, for those who don't know, and I'm sure you do, is an author, entrepreneur, journalist, TV presenter, the list goes on and on and on, and we caught up about how important financial wellness really is. I was raised by my maternal grandparent. He stayed at home to raise me and my nan went to work. This is in the 80s. Seeing that, I didn't realize how powerful that was until I was in my late 20s. Because it it was then like, no, women, women go and get this bacon. Whatever Mm. this pig is, they actively go out to get it. And I've been- Sorry, vegans. (laughs) I've been surrounded by women who are go-getters and not only know how to get money, but know how to cut it up. 
It's like, right, we never really spoke about it, but I did see someone who looked like me going to get it. Mm -hmm. And that has been the game changer. My husband and I run a business together and he quit his job in the middle of the pandemic to essentially be a stay at home dad because I'm better at making money. Many of my friends have become the main breadwinner in the household. Mm. I think some of my friends are the only breadwinner in the household. Yeah. And I recently talked to a friend and she did a big event. It was like a corporate event. It was for women. Mm. And she said, could you stand up if you are now or have been in the last five years, the only or main breadwinner in your household or the bigger breadwinner? Mm. And it was something like 80% of the women in the room stood up. Why we don't talk about how many women are the main breadwinner mm. or the larger breadwinner in the family. And whenever I've talked to women about it, they've said, because it's emasculating to mm. so my, my husband feels emasculated. My daughter's in a fee paying school. One day she comes home and she's like, mum, give us a pound. I need to take it to school to grow it. She's like, not a, not a plant, the money. I need a pound. Give us your money. I was like, you what? She was six years old. She said, yeah, in maths next week, we have to bring in a pound because our teacher's going to teach us how to grow it. And then with what we grow, we can choose to buy things for the new playground. I can literally now bring documents in front of my eight-year-old and be like, what's that APR going to do to mummy? She knows. Wow. I, I still can't get my head around that. And again, it's like how many white people, specifically white men, have access to that information, mm -hmm. which means like money sees money. They're having a completely mm. different conversation. And so hopefully she'll come out the other end and hopefully have just as much knowledge and, and the understanding of money as, as a lot of her white peers already do. I'm so excited to hear you say this and yes just yes to everything that you've mm. said <laughs> give it a listen next week with more ways to shop pay donate and send money there are more ways to paypal a reminder you must be over 18 to have a paypal account to send and receive money i'm a feminist but I will admit I got this cloak made before I got my booster to do this tour. And I will also tell you that I thought no one in the dressing room is going to have anything better than this cloak. And uh, then I went into the green room and saw Jade Adams and felt thrilled but also a tiny bit jealous because she looks lickable. <laughs> I had to hold myself back. I thought, how am I not going to lick her? And do you know I haven't yet? I'm a feminist, but <laughs> the fashion accessory that made me feel most empowered this year was the large uh, inflatable penis I had to carry after a head night. <laughs> uh, we might need to know more. About the penis? Yes, just... Oh, it was, uh, I went to a hen party in Butlins, which is the best place to have a hen party. I knew there'd be more. I was pretty sure there'd be more. Yeah. Yep. We went to see a band called Boys Life, which is a super group. Uh, just imagine the best members of Westlife and the best members of Boys Zone stayed at home and uh, <laughs> Brian McFadden and Keith Duffy combined together. <laughs> to make up boys' life. Alison, you, yeah. make, you make me want to get married again just so you can organise my hen night. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... Woo! 
Sometimes I like having a really good cry, the kind of cry that makes me clean my cupboards really well. <laughs> the kind of cry that makes me rearrange my room and do the hoover everywhere in the entire place. And that's why I watch rom-coms. This I can relate to less than the Butlin story. <laughs> I, never, I never hoover when I'm sad, but I don't hoover when I'm happy either. Would someone like to come and hoover? <laughs> I have given her consent. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I'm now single and recently have found myself deciding that I'm a pansexual, but I'm not going to come out because I don't need the career boost. <laughs> um, but I will say, in my experience of sleeping with many genders of people, Women are quite hard to not see again after you've had sex with them. Oh, they want to hang out. They want to see you again. But are they not better at hearing no than men? Yeah, but they, they, the, the little thing they'll do is like put a little message on various social medias in case you didn't see one. <laughs> and do you know, I, do you know, they're better at hearing no, but it's harder to say it to them. And the only reason I've really noticed this it's, there's no judgment here. The only reason I've noticed this is because now I am slightly older and single, I've been able to be objective about my own behaviour in the past. And I'm here today in Nottingham to tell you, and also to give you a, let's call it a psychopath amnesty. Everyone in this room, I would like you to join me in raising your hand if you've done something a bit weird after you've been out with someone. <laughs> Put your hands up. You're at this show on your own. Stick your hand up. If you're listening at home, um, just do an mmm to go with the hands so that they can get a sense of the room. If you raised your hand, go mmm. Yeah, it's not good. Or enthusiastic, but you'll get there. <laughs> it's not good, Nottingham, but I, what I like is your honesty. Because I reckon if we asked that question in London, they'd just be like, we no. don't know what you're talking about. I'm a pillar of perfection. <laughs> yeah, London's way worse. I don't know. I haven't done a lot of dating in Nottingham, but the night's young. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Deborah, out on the town later on. <laughs> Licking Jade's jacket, waiting for you. I'm a feminist, but... <clears throat> I have written off three cars... And even though every accident was my fault, I refused to let my family say so because that would be unfeminist of them. Live from the Nottingham Theatre Royal, The Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, and my very special guests, Alison Spittle, Jade Adams, Celia A.B. and Kat from Monzine. Uh, just give us a cheer if you listen to The Guilty Feminist. Woo! Just give us a cheer if you don't know what you're at. Yeah! Notice how those cheers are less bold, less dynamic, less feminist, if you will. But don't worry, gang. We've got this sorted for you. This show is about 
our noble goals as 21st century feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I mean, that is how I say undermine them now. I don't know how to say it any other way. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what I'm looking for tonight, gang, uh, is an act of feminism that you have done since I saw you last. Because, you know, we've been locked away for two years. This is the first time we're allowed out and like, we're allowed to touch each other. I want to touch everyone in the front row and then when I've then work my way into the second row, and so on, and so on. Up, up here, I'd really, really want to. Uh, is there anyone else just feeling really thrilled to be out? Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel that. I feel I'd come out to see Jimmy Carr at this point. I just, <laughs> just want to be in the room with warm bodies and hear heartbeats, you know. Um, not in a weird way, just sort of, you know, you can just feel it, can't you? you can just sense it, you can just sense it, you can just sense it. So I want to know what kind of uh, feminism you've been doing. So I'm just going to ask you, has anyone here done anything feminist? And can I just say at the top, um, I asked this recently uh, to an audience and somebody immediately put a hand up and said, well, I've actually uh, just raised a lot of money to take Cressida Dick to court uh, and the Met Police because they unlawfully stopped us having uh, a vigil and as feminists we won't have that and we are going to rewrite the law if necessary. And do you know what? After that, no one else wanted to say anything. <laughs> Going, oh, I started a feminist book group. That's not, yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, I helped, uh, I helped a lady. I helped, I helped a woman at work, and that was really important. I really spoke for her, but that doesn't really seem. No one else would say anything. So, uh, well done, Jamie Klingler of Reclaim These Streets. We absolutely want you to do that. And if you have done something like that, yay. But just hold off a bit. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> what you see what I'm saying? Like, could we start with? Has anyone got a sort of act of feminism? You think it's. It's very mini, a mini act of feminism that will relax everyone else and make them feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in the gang. Uh, a mini act of feminism from anybody. Anyone? What's your name? Uh, Sophie. Sophie? Um, I started a job in tech. You started a job in tech? Yeah. What kind of tech? Um, SEO. SEO? Yeah, search engine optimization. Search engine optimization. And there's not many women in tech at all, are there? We're desperately trying to shift the numbers. Yeah, the, so, the entire team is. The entire team is men, and you have joined as the only woman and the only representative. That's too good, Sophie. That's, that's, that's too good. That's far too good. It's a small team. That doesn't make it a lot better, if I'm honest, because you've upped the percentage by more if it's a small team. Do you see what I mean? That makes it worse, if anything, Sophie. Has anyone got anything less good than significantly changing the numbers in tech and powering on and being a representative to younger women and girls and you know, being there, flying that flag and sitting in the middle of the front row. Has anyone got anything less good? Maybe some people in seats further back who booked later. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, we'll come along. Jimmy, Jimmy Cast just left town. Uh, anybody? Any Stop shaving your legs. There you go, there you go, Sophie. That's what we're looking for. Stop shaving your legs. Uh, how long ago? Three months ago. Is it a trial period? Is it something you'll do for the winter? What, what do you feel? How do you... Because I don't really trust someone who doesn't say, oh, I'm not shaving my legs. But yeah, it's February though. Like, you know, like... How, how's this going to work out for you in July is my question. What do you think? Are you, are you done now? Have you quit? May? May? Okay, this is good. This is a lowly act of feminism. <laughs> Someone who's having a sexual dry spell in winter when they're wearing their thickest, most opaque tights has gone, oh, 
can't be asked going all the way down there, to be honest. If no one else is going down there, neither am I. Um, this is good, this is what we want. This is a lowly act of feminism. No sexual dry spell, she reassures me. Sorry, I don't mean to assume your pronouns there, but uh, no sexual dry spell. You've just gone, it's resplendent. I admire that, I really admire that. And has it, in terms of your, I don't know what your, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be prurient, like you're in front of an audience full of people. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to inquire as to your sexual partners, but has, what response have you had? Uh, have you had Yelp reviews or what's... <laughs> what was that? Good reviews? Five stars. Behind you all the way. Now, you could read that review in a number of ways. <laughs> Behind uh, my sexual partner, blah, blah, blah. what would that review site be called? Um, Chuffed or something like that. <laughs> Chuffed's quite a good name, yeah. Where you just rate your sexual partners. Don't do this, by the way. If you are in tech, Sophie, don't, don't do this. Please don't do this. It's an awful idea. But if someone said I was behind her all the way, I, I mean, I'm just questioning it. Now, anybody else? Someone else? I heard something about a baby. You brought your baby to the show. Where is such a baby? We love babies. In your arms, is the baby in the dress circle? Under the stalls. <gasps> so we can see her, so she's close. Is she asleep? Oh. When she wakes up, can you bring her to the front? I don't want to wake her up. <gasps> we can bring her to the front. Can we see a baby? <laughs> We're going to see a baby. I don't have any babies. I like seeing babies. I don't, I've said that like I'm going to steal it, haven't I? That's just... <laughs> What's reassuring everyone is I've got two acts to do. And if I steal it now, I'm pretty easy to find. So everyone's, everyone's relaxed with it. If this were the end of the show, people would be like, oh, 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 no. Oh, 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 this is so newborn. Oh, is anyone getting a picture of this? <laughs> Slash a video. Yes, could you please get a poignant video of this and put it in slow motion on Instagram? Okay. Um, I want to, I want to, like, I'm going to have to sit on the edge so I can, sorry, I'm going to have to, all right, okay. Am I allowed to touch her? I don't want to, like, I, I'm so scared to hold her because what if I dropped her? Because this is a height, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, I've been a nanny, but it's just the fear. Can I? Sophia, we love you. You're our favourite guilty feminist. 
can the rest of the show be me interviewing Sophia? <laughs> Sadly, it can't because we've got to go on with the show. And I know Stuart's going to be in the wings saying, Deborah, is, I know, women, you can see ovaries palpitating. I just, I've seen women fanning themselves. I know, I know. And this is the I'm a feminist butt, isn't it? What, are you doing this? No. What, are you, are, you, are your ovaries just, they shriveling? You're going, so, oh, I don't want this in my life. No. It's, but but you, you would admit, if that was the whole experience of having a baby, but you could leave them at home when you wanted, unattended, we'd definitely have one. I think that's... The key is that you have to be attend them all the time. But sorry, Sophia, Sophia's mum, we asked you what Sophia's name was, and I'm a feminist, but we just called you the mother. <laughs> so sorry, I'm so embarrassed. Sophia's mother, what's your name? Catherine. Catherine. Big round of applause for Catherine and Sophia. <laughs> Are you winding me up? I've got four minutes. Brilliant, excellent. Um, oh, I feel giddy. I feel absolutely giddy. Um, if I can, we, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, I'll offer to babysit another time. Find me on Instagram. Um, I just want to say a couple of people have said because it's International Women's Day this week, um, and I'm excited about it. I've had a couple of people say, "Look, we know with everything going on in the world and how horrendous it is, you know, there seems to be a number of horsemen of the apocalypse circling." I don't know if you've noticed. I don't quite know how many horsemen of the apocalypse there are. They, I, they, were, they were advertised as four, but like Paw Patrol, the cast keeps getting bigger. It's now about 17. Like, what the fuck is going on? But I've, I've heard a few people say, oh, should we be celebrating International Women's Day? You know, such terrible things happening. I, I am going to suggest that tonight, not only should we have joy and laughter and fun, we must. It is our moral obligation to have a fucking great night. And I'll tell you why. If we do not fuel our tank tonight and fill up good and proper, take the energy from the stage, from each other, give the energy to the comedians, we give you energy. If we do not feel the love and the joy tonight, we will not have anything in our tank for tomorrow when we need to do feminism. And we really need to do it at the moment. And a moment, I think, is a key word there. And, and okay, I'll be honest with you. I've become a philosophical because a few weeks ago I went up a mountain in Spain and did three ayahuasca ceremonies with a Peruvian shaman. So I've become an incredibly wise person. <laughs> I, the wisdom dripping out of my every orifice at the moment. You've got no fucking... I'm really holding myself back, honestly. I can't show you all of the wisdom in one go because you'd be like, it's too much wisdom, Deborah. It's too much wisdom. I've told my friends it'll wear off. I've got no evidence it will. Uh, I may be talking like this forever, but what I've learnt, what I, one of the many things I learnt up the mountain, it was very healing, very healing, very healing. What I, one of the things that I learnt um, is that we only have the moment, and life is lived in moments. I think all the time I was thinking about the past, making meaning out of the past, carrying these stories from the past, letting them ruin what was now, letting them worry, but I'm worried about the, the stories of the future, telling the stories of the past, but the reality is we've only got the now. And I do, I'm an ambassador for Amnesty International, and you know, there's a lot of campaigns for political prisoners. And there was a political prisoner who said, I was in jail for 20 years, and he said, 
every day people through Amnesty wrote letters to the government about me and wrote to me. And he said, and every day I got out of bed with defiance in my heart and with, with knowing there was meaning being made out of this and knowing this was drawing attention to the government who was a police state. And he said, so every day I could go on and I knew I was doing something important. And he said, if those letters hadn't been coming, I would have just felt I was forgotten in a hellhole and I wouldn't have made it. Now, here's the question I've got for you. What if that man had died in jail? Would we have failed? I don't think we would. Because we would have failed to get him out of prison. And that's the outcome we're looking for. But outcomes are moments over there. And what I would suggest is we succeeded in making every moment of that person's life more bearable, more livable. We've got to start thinking about the moment or we're going to get too discouraged, guys. If we start thinking, well, I can't stop this horrible illegal invasion. I can't stop this pandemic and government's irresponsible responses to it. I can't stop the cyclones. And, the, and if we start thinking like that, we're going to get discouraged. Our feminism now needs moment to moment to moment. Can we make someone else's moment a little more bearable, a little more hopeful? Because what if, what if we can't stop it, but we gave somebody hope we gave them a chance, we gave them an opportunity, we gave them a piece of compassion, we saw them and they saw us in that moment. That's all life is. So tonight, we stand in our moment, we take joy, we have laughter, and tomorrow we try actively to do something practical to make somebody else's moment just a little bit better. anyone else have an act of feminism breastfeeding your baby throughout this show I think is quite strong so if you want to go a bit higher you can but still feel free to keep the bar low if you prefer you hogged a squat rack in the gym I'm not sure I understand any of those words hogged a squat rack in the gym Jessica, where's Jessica Foster when you need her she, she would get this is that when you're like I think this is my guess at what this means you do the big bell bars and you squat and you're meant to like ask to floor or something, which I, I mean, listen, I'll show you how low I can get. <laughs> I'm not even holding anything though. I mean, this is the thing. I'm holding a microphone and, and a mime microphone on this side. I don't really want to get down lower if I'm honest. And I think it's mostly incentive based on my part. So you, so you was, the squat rack is where you do that. And you can see loads of men with big muscles there going, Come on, love, when are you going to be out? We've got real muscles to build. And you were like, fuck you and fuck your six-pack. I will be here as long as it takes. Ah, the more they stared at you, the longer you thought you'd hang out there. What's your name? Helena. Helena. Big round of applause for Helena. <laughs> this week, I want you to go to a gym and hog a squat rack. Even if you are not a member of a gym, just walk the fuck in with this. Listen, get a cape, walk in like this. They will not question you, my friends. Are you ready for the next brilliant comedian? <laughs> now, listen, she's been on the, the Girls Forever a couple of times. She is a fantastic new comic. She's doing her first Edinburgh hour this year. She is one of my favourite emerging comics on the scene. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the wonderful Celia A.B. <laughs> Being here. My name is Celia. I'm from Paris. 
Skud in it. Now, I did live in Birmingham for seven years willingly. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, I lived in Birmingham for seven years on purpose. So, um, the reason is because on day one, I saw the funniest thing I've seen in my entire life at New Street Station. It was a really drunk man. He was scooched over singing, She's electric. <laughs> to a vending machine. <laughs> That's when I knew. Like, this is the town for me. I've moved, moved to London now, though, because I was tired of feeling attractive, so it's... <laughs> it's good to be humbled. Um, I'm, not, I'm not just French, I'll explain the face. I'm uh, half Algerian, which is a small Muslim country just outside Slough, right on the... <laughs> right on the outskirts. I tick a lot of boxes, I do. I tick a lot of boxes. But my favourite box to tick at the minute is... Um, I've been wearing pregnancy dresses. <laughs> and I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I think that in life, you don't dress for the job that you have. <laughs> you dress for the job that you want. And the job I want is maternity leave. It is. love maternity. So currently in the UK, don't tell anyone I've told you this, there's not a single law against faking pregnancies. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, seriously, when you're sitting at work on Monday, like a mug, <laughs> think of what you could be doing instead. Do you know what I mean? Go and start the rest of your life. <laughs> Furlough forever. <laughs> The reason I fake pregnancy is because I used to work in an office and I'd had enough, so... It's like, do you know what? I'm tired of working in an office. I think working in an office, it's all about escapism. It's about pretending that right now, you're not there. <laughs> and I used to work in a proper, like, British office, where it was just people wearing beige, <laughs> talking about lunch. You know the vibe? <laughs> You'll recognise this woman. What are you going to have for your lunch? <laughs> I'm going to have a jacket. <laughs> With no butter. No salt. Just a raw potato. <laughs> what are you going to have? I think it's about escapism, though. Like, I think we're very smart. The way we escape when we're in an office is we put a picture on our background of a beach. <laughs> As if to say, I'm not in the office. <laughs> I'm in the Bahamas. <laughs> now, I've been to the Bahamas a couple of years ago. I'm very lucky. And you'll never believe it because their backgrounds, various offices in Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to work, you have to work. You have to get a job, you have to work. But I think it's interesting to have a day job and a passion. Has anybody here got a day job and a passion? Do you know what it is? It's frustrating because people will ask you, when are you going to quit your job? And it's not up to you. It's about, to, it's about loads of different people in the industry. And it's also about the way you see it. Do you know what I mean? So like the way I see it now, my job, it's comedy. And I just have a passion for admin. <laughs> and if anything, my admin career, I'm fucking crushing it. <laughs> I've never done a single hour of admin unpaid. I was a natural. <laughs> You have to work, though. Like, I wish I was a multimillionaire. Do you know who I feel bad for? Jeff Bezos. I'll be honest, how to get people on board with that, though. <laughs> I'll tell you why I feel bad for him, because he's a multi-billionaire. And we all hate him. 
And do you know how I know we hate him? Because he went to space and no one cared. <laughs> he, was, he was probably in space, like going, they're gonna love this. <laughs> Jeffrey, come to the pub with us, they'll say. <laughs> Jeffrey, you're so attractive, let me blow you. <laughs> They'll say that. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. And then he came back. He was like, but you got a couple of questions. And we went, no, we don't. And that's how I know we hate him. Because there's a girl at my work. I don't like her. But if she goes to Milton Keynes at the weekend, I'll ask about it. I've acclimated to England. I've been here seven years. I was in Birmingham, so it's like dog years. So it's like, you know, it feels, feels longer. But I'm just like you, do you know what I mean? I am. I've acclimated. I've ended my will with no worries if not. <laughs> Very polite. I do like it here in England. I just got settled status after 10 months of waiting. 10 months, 10 months of waiting. And 10 months is a long time to think on whether or not I like meal deals that much. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's a long time. By the way, love that it's called settled status. You're not thriving in England. <laughs> You're settling. Come down with us. <laughs> Come down. I hope you like salt. <laughs> and I'm fascinated with England as a nation because there's usually a nice mix of like low self-esteem but high ego. Mmm, delicious. And I think it's because you used to have an empire, but now all you've got left is pebble beaches. <laughs> and I think in life, there's nothing more humbling than walking on a pebble beach. Because <laughs> you can be the hottest person on earth, or the toughest gangster on earth, but on a pebble beach, you look so silly. <laughs> look like a little boy <laughs> trying to get to his mom for a sandwich. <laughs> So a couple of lads, quite rough, they were about to fight. He went, Oi, come here, I'm gonna fuck you up! <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, this one's nice. <laughs> Skip that one. I'm addicted to my phone, anyone else? Yeah. Fucking love my phone. I wish I was on my phone right now. <laughs> My phone knows me more than anyone else in my entire life. It does. But my phone's a bit sneaky. Like the other day I was trying to make a payment and it filled up all of my bank details. Except the security code. And I love that my phone like pretends. Like it doesn't know it. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've put that security code a hundred thousand times and when it gets to it my phone just goes No, you do it. <laughs> I have been here a long time, and I've, I've, do you know what, I've looked around. I've looked around, I can do a very good impression of a British person, do you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah I need more enthusiasm than that. Are you ready? Yeah. I'll start over there because this is theatre. <laughs> Excuse me. 
I'm sorry, can I just squeeze past? <laughs> that was a British person being born. <laughs> That's what happens. Listen, you've been so adequate. Like, <laughs> no, honestly, um, enjoy the rest of your Brexit. Thank you. <laughs> so, like, everybody! Check out her exciting Edinburgh Hour if you're going up to the Fringe. Yeah, I, uh, I feel very similar uh, to tell you about my phone, actually. My phone, that facial recognition, constantly doesn't know me. And I'm like, how can you not know me? All I do is stare at you all day. Who the fuck do you think it is? I'm in a monogamous relationship with my phone. It's so insulting, it doesn't know my face. It's just like, I've never seen you before in my life. I'm like, well, according to the statistic on the phone, I've looked at you for 12 hours today. Who do you know? Um, I actually, a friend of mine just screenshot someone on a dating, you know when you, you're on a, like a dating app, and sometimes you just think, what's going on there? And she screenshot me a picture of a man, and his main profile picture was of him just looking, slouched, looking at his phone. And she went, what would possess you to make that your dating picture? And I went, that is an accurate representation of being in a relationship with anyone. Respect to that man to just go, this is what you should expect. <laughs> Respect. Respect. Um, any other acts of feminism before I bring my next act on? Any other acts? You're still putting exclamation marks on emails? That's the most feminist thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fuck taking Cressida Dick to court. You've stopped putting the whimsical... Oh. Have you also, though, stopped saying, no worries if not... Uh, I, I, I hope it's okay. Don't worry. It's just, it's fine if not. I just had a thought. Don't know if it's worth mentioning, but I put it in an email anyway. Have you stopped those things? No. All you've stopped doing is the winky, cheery, bing, at the end to make it look like you're whimsical when really you're pissed the fuck off. Is that the case? Yeah, we've all got to start somewhere. We, we did ask for low-level acts of feminism and respect to you, respect to you. I really hope Sophia is listening to all of this and just taking it on board, sucking it up. How's Sophia doing, Catherine? She's doing great, is she enjoying the show? She's loving every second of it, of course she is. Feminism's here, Sophia, feminism's here. Can I just say, I'm so happy you brought, brought Sophia and she is my favorite thing about this gig or any gig I've ever done. Um, and I really wish more people would bring babies to gigs I mean, as long as they're as good as Sophia, to be honest. Uh, I think there are some babies that you don't want to be next to on a plane. But I feel feminism soothes babies. Um, uh, do we have any men in? Just, uh, just, uh, yep. Over here. Uh, and, and front row, a bold move, if you don't mind me saying so. No intentional. Did you, was the ticket bought for you? I booked it for Katie. You booked it for Katie? Ah. I know this move, third date. <laughs> happens a lot my audience is full of men on third dates who've thought what is the golden ticket what can I bring her to which will demonstrate that I am both the most feminist man I've ever gone out with but also up for a laugh and they feel it's going to close the deal and uh, is that the case here third year. Uh, sorry third year. third year not the third date well he's a keeper then <laughs> He's a keeper, wow. Is it, do you listen to the podcast? Yes. 
What's your, your, are you Katie? Katie? And your name is? Rob. Rob. Do you listen to the podcast, Rob? Yeah, occasionally. Occasionally. <laughs> See, I would think Rob would need to listen to it more frequently than Katie, because he would have more to learn. But what he thinks is, that's for her. I'll listen to it if it's on, when I'm in the kitchen. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. Feminism. Uh, but Rob, can you see now how important it is that you listen more frequently if you are going to sit in the front row? <laughs> I'm going, I would like to quiz you on every single episode. What's, what's your favourite episode you've ever listened to, Rob? I enjoyed the one where you were talking about Jacinda Ardern. I enjoyed the one where you were talking about Jacinda Ardern. Okay, all right. I will accept that because he knows that Jacinda Ardern... Just, what, hold on. She, she wasn't a guest on the podcast. You, you're sure she was? <laughs> Surely I would know if I'd interviewed Jacinda Ardern. Why is it with the confidence of men? The confidence of a white straight man. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I want it so badly. I don't want to take that confidence away from Rob. I want it for myself. I want to take it from him and distribute it amongst us. I'm pretty sure you did interview the Prime Minister of New Zealand and it has slipped your mind. Listen, Tom Salinsky, bless him, he's listening to this podcast because he's editing it. Hi, Tom. Uh, he's at home now, but when he hears this, it'll be now, if you see what I mean. Every moment is we can only live in the moment. Do you see what I'm saying? I said that before and I was right. He will be... This is exactly the kind of thing he does. I, do you, who, does anyone know who he's thinking of, who he means? Do you know who he's thinking of? I do. Yeah, yeah. You, do you know? I think do you, what you can say? Um, you're, you, pretend you're a man and just say it. Julia Gillard. Julia Gillard, who's the Prime Minister of Australia, was the Prime Minister of Australia. And what you've done is a JJ situation there. Um, now, if you were a woman, you'd be kicking yourself, and all the way home, you'd be thinking, oh, so why would I say that wrong, <laughs> Prime Minister? But because it's you, Rob, you'll just be like, same, same. <laughs> she knew what I meant. <laughs> I want it, Rob. I want what you've got. I want a bottle it. I want to drink it every day. I want to be you, Rob. Teach me your ways. It looks like an Obi-Wan Kenobi of confidence sitting there in the front row. Zero Fox. Which of us would go to a men's rights activist conference and sit in the front row and then make direct eye contact and then say, yeah, I'm here. Uh, then, then say the wrong names and go, pretty much. Wives. What's your favourite men's rights activist hero? Oh, I don't know. Enoch Powell. Um, or the other one, the other one. Oh, Elon Musk. One of those. It's one of those guys. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Guilty Feminists. A longtime Guilty Feminist listener got in touch to tell me about Ambulance Aid. And this is individuals getting together to crowdfund some ambulances full of supplies and vans full of things like nappies and sanitary products uh, to take to the Ukrainian border. They've already bought three, and then the Red Cross are going to take it from there. If you go to ambulance-aid.com, you can donate. Uh, If you can't afford to donate, if you could share it, that would be awesome. But if you can afford to donate anything at all, the ambulances will be going stacked with necessary life-saving equipment to the Ukrainian border as we speak. So please go to ambulance-aid.com. Tonight on the 21st of March, Susan McComer and I are doing a Guilty Feminist with Millie Bobby Brown. All the tickets were sold, but we've put some back on sale. So see if you can grab one of the handful now. On the 22nd of March, I'm interviewing Hannah Gadsby about her book, 10 Steps to Nanette. Get tickets now. There aren't many left. And on the 31st of March, Campus Springtime, which was originally Campus Christmas, but because of COVID, has been postponed. Tom Allen and I will be co-hosting Self Esteem's playing. And Mae Martin is on the bill, as well as Kima Bob and lots of other incredible people. So get your tickets now. There aren't many left. We are on tour. We had an incredible time in Oxford last night. And now on the 30th of March, we'll be in Bath with Susie Ruffle, Kima Bob, Tiff Stevenson and Grace Petrie. On the 9th of April, we will be in Cambridge with Jess Foster Q, Jen Brister, Sailor A.B. and Grace Petrie. And it goes on. We will be coming somewhere near you for sure. Go to guiltyfeminist.com for all of those tickets. From the 26th of April to the 7th of May, I'm doing my brand new stand-up show about coming out and going in at the Soho Theatre. So get tickets for that now. And from the 13th to the 27th of July, Grace Petrie and I are coming to Australia and New Zealand for a big Guilty Feminist tour. Join Patreon for ad-free episodes and exclusive Zoom hangouts at patreon.com forward slash Guilty Feminist. And don't forget to listen to Media Storm. And now back to the podcast. Hello, Nottingham. Are you ready for the Guilty Feminist? Then please welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis White and Jane Adams. Hello, hello, hello. How was your interval, gang? Was it good fun? Yeah. Did anyone meet the baby? Yeah. Did you meet Sophia? Has she got a fan club now? Yeah. Oh, this is so wonderful. Did anyone meet Rob? Because no. you have my permission to ask Rob for a free drink. Just only to just balance out the wage gap, Rob. Uh, because you will be earning more than 
many women in this audience. That's all I'm going to say, Rob. Okay, Jade. <laughs> Jade Adams. Deborah um, Francis-White. Uh, we and our guest are talking about women taking control of the conversation about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that made me. Let's talk about sex. See, I ran out of lyrics. I couldn't remember the rest. And I thought, we'll just cut it short, no one will notice. But old songbird over here. Jade, can I ask, yeah. are you, do you think, post-pandemic, more taking control of your sexual and erotic life or less than before the pandemic? Oh, I'm very much taking control of it. Are you? Yeah, it's like, intensely. I've had more experiences in the sexual world in the last year than I definitely had for the previous three. Oh, wow. Yeah, I so mean, I literally hadn't had sex for three years. Oh, wow, so you really are owning yourself erotically right now. Should I tell you what woke me up? Yeah. Do you want to know? Yes, 100%. Do you want to know, Nottingham? Yeah! That's what I need, I don't need you scared in the dark. <laughs> Basically, I, I got to have my first on-screen kiss with someone very good looking. <gasps> and it turned on something inside of me. It turns out what I'm really into is snogging someone good looking whilst 30 people watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I just all of a sudden realized, wow, I'm a sexual being again. Was it man, woman, or non-binary person? Man. And was it uh, somebody you'd previously had a crush on? Well, no, he was an actor and he's got girlfriends, so it was super legit and we didn't snog off camera, but it was just, it was just like, the, like, it wasn't about him. It was more about the fact that I was a sexual being again and that I was going to be a sexual being on camera and people were going to see me kiss. And I hadn't really been snogged like that in a long time. I'll be honest with him, he was a lovely chap. Loved Robin Williams movies. Whilst we weren't kissing, spoke to me about Flubber. <laughs> Always a turn on. Because <laughs> I've recently opened, I've talked about this on the show briefly, but I've, I've opened my relationship... Yes, uh, which I hadn't told Jade backstage because I wanted to see that reaction here. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm exploring somewhat. So this is why I think we should talk about this with a Nottingham legend. I, I think women need to start taking control of their own sexual... Look, at one point, I'm going to be on my deathbed. I don't want to be looking back going, oh, I'm really glad I didn't explore my bisexual side. I'm never going to be thinking that. I'm going to be thinking, why didn't I... And when you get to a certain point in your life where you all of a sudden stop caring so much about what other people think, you really do hit your sexual peak. Mm. And I feel like if you're not uh, exploring yourself in that moment, because it doesn't last forever, the confident bit, you know, there's always a bit, there's a moment, there's a week, it could be two weeks, it could be a year, it could be five years. But if you don't explore in that moment, like, I think that just, it has to be the time where you just take control. And also... I think for me, not caring was, was about, I don't know if this is the same thing for you, um, was the day I was able to be confident enough to say to someone, by the way, I don't shave anymore, is that all right? <laughs> and I think the day that I was able to do that was the day I went, oh, I'm ready to go back out there, which was to just go out there and have sex that I wanted. And I suppose opening up a... How long have you been with Tom? Oh, a while. Long time. Yeah, years. I, years. I, yeah, oh, well. I can barely remember not being with Tom, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just came to a point where I was like, there's things that I'd like to explore, including 
being with women, which he can't give me because of not being a woman. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, it's not, it's just, and just other things that I like to explore that are maybe doors he doesn't want to open that I do. And why should he have to open those doors? You know, like, it's not, it's more about just exploring. I don't want polyamory, because I feel like that's so much admin. Oh. I mean, I, I, well done to people who can do it. I'm well done. But, I mean, I don't want... My thing with polyamory is this, and I really am genuine respect to everyone who can do it, but what if one of your partners has just cooked you a romantic dinner and the other one has locked themselves out of their flat and a third one needs to be bailed out of prison? <laughs> you see my, pro my problem? There is always someone not invited. I don't, like, I've had three situations before, and there's always someone there who's like, if, if it's not me, it's the other person. Threesomes, for me, they just don't work. And I don't know if polyamory... I don't know if I can share, Deborah. I don't know. Oh, I don't... If you can share. Well, if you come to my stand-up show, I might tell you about a threesome. But... What's the title you've given it? At the moment, it's just called The Guilty Feminist Stands Up. Because it's my first, you know... <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's really about coming out and going in. <laughs> Not like that. Talking of which... Okay. Yes, talking of which, our guest today is the director and illustrator for Moanzine. <laughs> we have some fans in. Her creative practice challenges social norms and explores taboo topics around protest, equality, and liberation. Please welcome Kat from Moanzine! <laughs> Kat, oh Kat. Hello. Thank you so much for coming, Kat. Thank you for having me. It's a delight. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Moanzine and why you started it? I can, yes. Hello. Uh, so I run a magazine called Moan. God, you can hear your voice twice. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, there you go. Nicely modelled over here. Um, and it's a Nottingham-based magazine, and it is all about women taking control of the subject of sex. Um, and generally just kind of using it as a diary for as many women as possible to talk about their experiences, their fetishes, their um, general sort of discussions around sex and just take control of the topic, which naturally is a bit male-dominated in the mainstream industry. So that's why I thought I'd use Moan as a medium to let women express themselves. Uh, oh, well, yeah. yeah. We're all in favour. The subject you chose was women taking control of the conversation around sex. Mm -hmm. What? How can we do that? Talk about it loads. <laughs> With everyone that you see, talk about sex. Um, how can we do that? Well, I think naturally, so the reason why I started Moan was because as I grew older and I started seeing sort of sexual behaviours around men, I was really intrigued by the confidence that men hold with sex and how little ability they have to actually pleasure a woman. <laughs> so, not all men, but a lot not of men. Not all men. Not all men. <laughs> not oh. you. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can. I'm poor Rob. I'm so sorry, Rob. I feel, I'm actually feeling actively bad now. Don't, you're on 65k a year, Deborah. He's fine. <laughs> You don't, we won't put that on the podcast unless you are given a really genuinely enthusiastic consent for us to do that. It's fine, is it? Genuinely, he's given consent. Thank you. Are you sure? That's in, I don't want you to feel pressured. Okay. Um, but you're been, more aroused than what's uh, going no, on no. in this life. Oh! <laughs> My question is, how 
Kat, how do we not experience shame around things? Like, how do we just talk about them and go, well, look, this is something I'm exploring, or this is something normal, or like something like kink? Like, I notice in Monzine, there are pictures of people tied up and things like that. How you're young, if you don't mind me saying. Are you Gen Z? You're millennial. Millennial, yeah. Okay, but you are, you're a young millennial, clearly, mm. and you have somehow managed to combat shame to talk about this. Did you ever feel shame? Is it something you got over? Yeah, I felt, yeah, I felt a lot of shame, and the reason why I started it was almost like a social experiment. I was like, what are people going to do? If I run something, then they can't really shame me for it because it makes it more legit. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you just thought, I'll become an expert in I'll this, and I'll, I'll validate it with art and with creation. Yeah, and I'll run it with confidence so that then, well, I still do receive shame for it, Mm -hmm. There'll be nights out where I, I, I'll be talking about it with a girl and this, a guy will hear it and they'll be like, oh, so you're a sex addict, right? No, like, I'm not. It's just I really... Oh, bless him. Yeah. <laughs> sex addict. Oh, yeah. Because you like talking about yeah, sex and erotica. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like... Well, it's kind of rare to find women talking about it. So going back yeah. to your question, I think, as women, we just need to talk about it as much as possible and tell our friends things about it and experiment as much as possible and kind of hold it without shame and pride. Mm. Confidence, I think. Something I discovered this year or, or over the last year is that I realised that my entire sexual history had been taught to me by a sister who was two years older than me and at the age of 16, it was her and Dawson's Creek that taught me everything about sex. And if you listen to the lyrics of the opening to Dawson's Creek, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I want to know right now, what will it be? And then I wonder why I'm so intense when it comes to having had sex with someone. And even if I hadn't have orgasmed, I still convince myself that that person is the person I'm going to be with forever and ever and ever, amen. Even if I don't particularly like them. And I think that this, there's, only some, there's only good things that can come out of being... Um, I won't use the word explicit, because I think that doesn't describe this well, even though it is rather raunchy and saucy, and I really enjoyed the read. Didn't think I should have been in the room with people when I was enjoying it, though. <laughs> But opening up a conversation with younger people and older people as well who have decided that, um, you know, who, who have maybe haven't had the decision, made the decision yet to change their mind about their own sexuality can come out of this. Have you had any really surprising conversations with people? Because mm. obviously young people will really get on top of this because we're all about, you know, not every young person, okay? I, when I generalise, I'm sorry. But young people I, that I know will really jump on stuff like this, given the chance. Have you had any surprising older of the older generation? Yeah, I have actually. So it's interesting taking Moan to fairs or like different art events because you get to experience a whole rush of people that you wouldn't normally. And there was this one event, and I think I'll always remember it. This guy picked it up, and he was a middle-aged man, and his daughter was 20. And she'd just gotten into like her first proper relationship. And he's got a really good relationship with her. He knew that she was sexually active, but she, he was worried about what she'd learnt about sex through the mainstream media, through you know the narrative that is naturally led by men, um, and traditionally by young men teaching young girls how it should be done. Um, so yeah, this guy said, I'm gonna buy this for my daughter. 
um, and just give it to her because I know she's actually active and she might as well read something that is from a woman's perspective. So yeah, he bought it for her for a present and I thought that was really nice. Oh my God, dad of the year. Yeah, I know. You now want to have sex with that dad, don't I do. you? Yeah. <laughs> I got his number so I can give it to you if you want. Was he single? <laughs> hmm? Was he single or in an open relationship? Oh, I don't know, I didn't ask. That was, a, that was a rookie error. Yeah. Um, I, and you need to be keeping a, a little book next to you for numbers and stuff of cool people that come over. <laughs> this is an amazing picture here. It says, fuck what you think of my job by uh, someone from OnlyFans called Rabbit Hole. Mm. Um, someone says, I've been doing drawing for so long my body no longer has any sexual meaning to me mm. by uh, Taste Like Dust. There's a lot of different, different views in that. And it's not you writing everything either, is it? You've got, this is a collection of uh, uh, prose from all sorts, and you've got a couple of poems in there as well, mm -hmm. but it's a collection of prose from people from all over the world, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, I, really, I take credit for a lot of other people's work. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's women all over the world writing to me. Uh, a lot of handwritten letters, a lot of very emotional stuff, and I think they just enjoy having an output to talk about something that defines their life quite a lot, but they just feel shame talking about it in, in day-to-day life. We're so strange, aren't we, humans? Um, I recently was sitting just looking at this... Uh, I, I often... You know, we're all on our phones all the time now, and we don't just look out a window. Or, you know, you're on a bus or in a cab, or you're somewhere... You're down, down, down. And I'm just really trying to look up a bit more. Today in the car, coming here was a bad example of that. I didn't do it, but... I am trying to look out a bit more and look you, up. I hope you weren't driving. <laughs> I wasn't. Stuart, our brilliant tour manager, was driving. We love you. But I was sitting there recently. It was when I was up this mountain. And I was just looking at these flowers, these little, uh, little yellow flowers. And I was just staring at these flowers. And I looked at these flowers for honestly like an hour. And I was thinking, these flowers are not thinking, am I doing this well enough? They're there with their pollen, waiting to service a bee. And they're not, though they are, they're, 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 that's their job is to create pollen and that's very necessary for life to continue as part of the ecosystem. And then this bee came along and this bee is not thinking, oh, am I a good enough bee? I can't get a girlfriend. Like, this bee is I'm not- too fat. No, bee's not questioning itself. Bee's not saying, oh, God, horizontal stripes. This isn't a good look for me with this round. <laughs> that bee isn't going over to that, that flower and going, should I wear an entirely red outfit? Part of it is a cat suit. No, but that bee is also just thinking, my body is my body. This zen, just breathing in and out. And then the bee went and did this thing with the pollen where the bee went and put its little, little uh, antennae feet and rubbed the pollen and then went to another flower, rubbed the pollen. And sometimes it would go back to a flower where it had already got some pollen. Maybe it had particularly good pollen, though I missed a bit. I don't know. I went back to someone this year for a third time. <laughs> and, and I, the first time was great. He called me Jade motherfucking Adams and, and fucked me whilst he told me how successful I was, which was very nice. <laughs> I didn't ask for it, by the way. That's not my thing. Although I did like it. Maybe it is something I like. Anyway, and then I went back for a second time, which was less good. And then yeah. the third time was weird and I haven't been back. Well, the bee was like that. This is interesting. The bee would go back to some flowers, then just stay for a minute and go, no, 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 this isn't right anymore, and go off. Anyway, so maybe the bee was more anxious than I thought. But anyway, I was looking at it, and I was going, These, this flower and this bee are just doing their thing. And when you look at animals having sex in nature, usually they're just doing it. But they're not asking themselves, is this right? Is this good enough? And they're not shamed. They're not, I, I think the 
the patriarchal or the, pa the power structures need to shame sex. And, well, it's got to be private. And then if it's private, are you doing it right? And who are you doing it with? And how long are you doing it for? And there's pressure in both directions. There's pressure to be very um, conservative and only have sex with, only have the missionary position with one partner in the religion I was with. You know, there were, even married couples were not allowed to do oral sex or anything like that. And then there's pressure in women's magazines to be having multiple orgasms and to be you know, doing lots of sex and be looking sexy and feeling sexy. And I feel, does anyone else feel a pressure around sex? I've no, never had a multiple no. orgasm. Hmm? Just to let you all know. You've never had a multiple orgasm? Never. I come early and often. Oh, yeah. If I, once I get going, <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like I can never stop. And sometimes I think it's too much. And I'm like, how will I ever stop this? And I panic. I think I'll never be able to stop. I panic. Oh, like the woman that like, had hiccups for fucking years. Right. That's what I feel but with happen. orgasms. And I'll just be coming and coming and coming. And look, it's lovely and everything. Right now. Oh, no, you would know if it was happening. No, no, it would be evident. It would be evident. It wouldn't be... I, I can't... I'm not like a duck with the feet paddling under the... The whole duck is going. And I would... No, and I just worry. I'm just like, what if this never stops? And by the way, do you remember an episode, Kat, where we were in New Zealand and Cal Wilson and I were given... Um, it's like called a Satisfier 2.0 or something like that. It's a special kind of vibrator that doesn't really vibrate. It's more... Yes, it, it sucks. Yes, it sucks. It's more like putting a hoover on. But it's very... <laughs> so it's very tense. You're not meant to put it up all the way up to 11 right at the top. You're meant to, like, really go in gradually. And uh, so we were, you know, we had it there. Someone gave it to us, la, 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 la. Anyway, someone wrote into me afterwards and said, you've got to tell your audience to be careful with it. Because <laughs> she said she had an orgasm so intense she was paralyzed like brief like not she and she said and i was talking to her on dm and i said what's this called <laughs> it's a satisfier with a y and i think it's a 2.0 anyway she then stewart can you send a text for me call my manager and tell her i need a satisfier with a Y. With a Y. 2.0. 2.0. Well, do you know what she told me, Kat? Thanks. She genuinely told me this, that she said she was paralysed and she had to go to hospital. I said, well, who, how did you get to hospital if you're paralysed? She said, the only person home was my dad. <laughs> yes, I know. And she said, I had to call out for my dad and he had to take me to hospital and I had to tell the doctor... Um, I had an orgasm so great. And, it's, and apparently, and I looked it up, it, it's a thing... It's some kind of orgasm to paralysis situation. She's all right now, but she said, you need to warn people, start low on the Satisfier 2.0, and you just gradually take it up just a little bit at a time. You do not just go, oh, I like a high setting. Absolutely. Do you James. know what's really interesting? On the back page, that vibrator's actually advertised. <gasps> Is it? It's in the last article. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look at that. Maybe um, this who, woman can write for I love letters to clitoral suction toys. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't own a sex toy. Uh, buy a cheer. Um, who, or, or a yes, do it like that. Buy or, a yes. Or an, the, if you don't want the people oh, around yeah, you to know. Like, oh, no, you could do any, any of those noises. Mm. That's good. Oh, no, I know. Do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, buy a mm-hmm. Let me know if you've got a sex toy. 
Just go, uh-uh, if you don't have one. Oh, very few people don't have one. I don't have I'm one. I'm gonna get you a Satisfyer 2.0. Goodbye, life! But, <laughs> but I do ask you to keep it low because I don't want to be responsible for any kind of paralysis situation. You're about to do an Amazon Prime special or something and where's Jade? Oh, she can't make it. Deborah's cost Amazon all this money because she's in hospital paralyzed from the orgasm she had. Deborah, come visit me and be like, I feel like you're trying to sabotage my career, Deborah. Uh, so Kat, um, how can feminists in Nottingham get involved in Momzine or do you want them to? Do you have enough contributors? Or do you need people to buy the zine, to spread the zine? What do you need? All of the above. All of the, All above. Of the above. So yes. you would like contributors? Yes. So issue four is coming out in May, but I'm still working on it. So if anyone does want to write anything for Moan, then follow me on Instagram, which is Moan underscore zine. There's another Moan zine that's been getting a few followers, but it's not me. Oh, I hate them. Yeah. There's a Jade Adams, J-A-Y-D-E Adams. I had to have Ms. Jade Adams. And um, she's only got like, she's only got, I want my name because she gets tagged all the time and it's really annoying for her. And I was like, let's just switch. And she was like, no. Uh, yeah. We're quite, she's from Wiltshire though. She's from the West Country. And we're both like chubby blonde girls. Well, I'm not naturally ginger, but yeah, chubby blonde girls. But she's got two kids. Not but, they're great. See, it wouldn't be very feminist-like for you to report her Instagram. I should report her. No, that's no, not feminist. That's not feminist. You can't. I can my next. I'm a feminist, but yeah, I'm a feminist, but but I ruined the life of Jade Adams on Instagram. <laughs> the other Jade Adams. Um, so, can people around because this will be going out on the podcast? Can people mm. around the country get involved, and in, you, indeed around the world get involved yes. in Moanzine? Yes, I'd love that. It's moanzine.com, so you can just search it, and you can write to me through there and you can also buy the zine and you can just support generally. And how do you buy the zine? On the website. So moanzine.com, the, the zine is on there and you can order it from there. Um, <clears throat> could I do a little reading from it? Oh, absolutely. Which one are you going to do? What would you like me to read? Sugary and messy thoughts? Absolutely. Should I read that? Is that a good one? Yeah, go What would it. you like? Yeah, go okay, for it. Okay, great. <laughs> Sugary and messy thoughts by Juliana P. At baby... Oh, Angel 100. I knew that was coming. Nectar and sin. Touch yourself to the thought of me, watching you touch yourself. Don't beg, just ask. Night after night, our bodies glisten under the starry night sky. Strap on, ego off. Our safe word, devilishly kind. Dulced. Dulced. Hands around your neck, nails outlining the word, dream down your back, a kiss to seal it shut for time eternity. Deep inside of me, you pound and moan into my mouth. I like how you feel inside of me, hard and warm and tender to the touch. My cunt feels like lavish silk. Lock this moment in a locket, a Polaroid shaken and tagged, our backs stained red from the nights that were, our bodies craving each other, thick nectar as I remember your member inside of me. I thank you. You should do an audiobook. Yes, Deborah, that was fantastic. Okay, I'll do an audiobook. 
Could we, this is an idea, collaborate on a special Guilty Feminist Moan edition? Yes. So we could do a special edition called the Guilty Feminist Moan, and, and we could, you could get con contribute, uh, contributions from Guilty Feminist listeners. Would that be interesting? It could be the Guilty Feminist Moan. The yes. Guilty the Guilty Feminist amazing. Moan. Yes. Yeah. You know when they put like an X in the middle of it? Yeah. Yeah. We could X, X, X. <gasps> or we could call it the Guilty Moan. The Guilty Moan. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's it. Um, all the moaning the feminists, but that doesn't have the same ring, does it? <laughs> that's what men say about us anyway. Yeah, we don't, we, don't, we don't need to give them any more ammunition. <laughs> have you picked up that erotic magazine, The Moaning Feminist? <laughs> it doesn't really sound the same, does it? Is there anything else you'd like to tell this audience about moan scene or owning our sexual story? I think after this show, go back and message your friends and just start a great conversation about sex and just talk about your great experiences, talk about things that you want to try and just liberate each other as much as possible. Should we be having salons? You know, do you know what I mean by salons? You know, where you, you sit, sit around and you trade ideas and people speak? Because I feel like mm -hmm. I need permission. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things people, human beings need mm -hmm. is permission. I need permission to talk about sex. Mm -hmm. I really do. I need someone to say, this is what this space is for. We're doing it. Mm -hmm. We'd like you to speak for five minutes or we'd like you to write mm -hmm. something for this scene. Do you see what I mean by this? Does anyone else need permission sometimes? Otherwise, you look like, I'm just going to come in and talk about sex, guys. Mm. And you feel like, what if other people don't want that? Or what if they judge me? Or what if they go, oh, you're weird? Because some of the things I like are offbeat. I'll be honest. They're off-piste, off let's say. I like some off-piste stuff, guys. Can you be a bit more encouraging? I'm trying to share. Yeah. I'm trying to share. And like don't... what? Like what? I knew it. You were waiting for the info. Yeah. I, I, well, okay, all right. This is really embarrassing. And I feel, I'll tell you why I feel embarrassed about no, it. No, Deborah, yeah. we all in the room give you permission okay. to tell us what know, you're into. I know. A woman that has been in a marriage for a long time is opening up about her sexuality, and we love her for it, don't we? Okay. Yeah. And no one's going to judge. No. Okay, no, but, I know, if, but if there's any funny bit, I might laugh. The reason I feel embarrassed is I have to drive back to London with Stuart, our tour manager, and he's going to know that I said it. So, Stuart, is there any chance you could just put, put your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 la. Okay, great. Stuart, are you doing that? Great, super. He's actually left, look. He's gone out. Oh, he's gone out. Oh, isn't he a gentleman? That's lovely. It's just that, it's, a, it's just, oh, okay, fine, whatever. I quite like... Sort of, oh God, this is in, oh. okay. I'm just going to mine first. Go on. Will it help you? Yeah, go on. <laughs> We've got one minute. Um, oh, oh, okay. Um, I really like to masturbate when I've got to be somewhere. Oh. <laughs> okay, you go. All right. I, I feel I'm blushing. I like. Oh, this is such an I'm a feminist part. But one of my first ever I'm a feminist butts, this is the hat of honesty. One of my first ever I'm a feminist butts was I'm a feminist, but sometimes I fantasize about being sexually dominated by famous fictitious misogynist Don Draper and truly believe if I met him, I could make him whole and heal his pain. Now, that part, first part, I quite like, I can't say this with a hat on, I quite like that sort of really dominant, like bossy, disciplinarian type situation. 
And I don't, I'm exploring my bisexual side now. I don't know if I want that with women or not because I haven't explored it, but I do like it with men and it really, it turns me on. And I feel as a feminist, of course, I can, I absolutely can. It's a fantasy world. And, it, and I do think you're just, you're playing out and exploring something in a way that makes you have control over it. And I think that's what, it, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I do feel embarrassed by it. You have 30 seconds to help me. <laughs> okay. There's no need to be embarrassed, first of all. Can you hold my hand while yes. you tell me this? I palmed a bit sweaty. Yeah, me too. Okay. okay. There's no need to be embarrassed, first of all. Second of all, even the most sub-people within sex have full control over what's happening. So really, you're in full control and you're asking for this man to be dominant on you. Mm. So really, you're the more dominant one out of everyone yes. in this. Thank you, Kat. Get a copy of Monzine. Where can we get Monzine? Monzine.com. Monzine.com. Go there now. Get involved in any way you possibly can. I just think young women taking over this conversation and, uh, and controlling it like this is the most wonderful thing that I've ever seen. I'm, I'm really admiring of you. I'd love to collaborate on something with you. Big round of applause for Kat from Monzine. And well done, Deborah Francis White, for coming out. And incredible Jane Adams, who now has to be somewhere in the wings. Uh, I'm going to see you again after our final act, but this is our final act. Have you had a great evening? Yeah. Then put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the one, the only. The, she's going to take you there and back now. I've seen some of this act before. It's so stunning. Get ready for a standing ovation. It's Jess Robinson! <laughs> my grandma after that <laughs> I don't know how I don't quite know how I feel about that but it's okay my grandma was a feminist she would have loved this um, I uh, my uh, it's amazing to be back uh, with the the guilty feminist I feel uh, amazing because when I started off singing, I would sing in front of my grandma and her friends, and they were very strong, glamorous women who had a lot of opinions. And I feel like I've sort of come full circle. Sadly, a little while ago, uh, my grandma sadly died. Um, don't, she was absolutely ready to go. She was 103 years old. I know, and she had heard about the Sex and the City reboot. She knew it wasn't for her. <laughs> but... Um, when she died, my grandma uh, left me two things. She left me this ring and she left me her diary. And um, she, when she wrote this, she was living in Germany, which is where she, she grew up. Um, and she was working in an orphanage. She used to play the guitar and sing to the children and put them to bed. And she was basically like a Jewish Maria von Trapp. <laughs> um, but in October, 1938, uh, a knock on the door in the middle of the night changed her life forever. My grandma was taken by the Gestapo, told you it was going to be a bit different, uh, to a camp. And um, she wrote, 27th of October, 1938, anyone not moving quickly enough was shoved roughly and their luggage thrown in after them. Children screamed, women cried, and German onlookers gaped and stared gleefully. When my grandma wrote this, she was 23 years old, which is just so uh, 
just feels so real because that's exactly the age I am now. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, I, I already knew about my grandma's story, but um, what I didn't realize was the level of hope and positivity she could display in the face of adversity. Um, and that was a very upsetting realization for me because why didn't I inherit that from her instead of the facial hair? But she really was, she really saw the world in an amazing way. October the 30th, 1938. So I'm in a refugee camp with about six to 8,000 Jews. So much horror, hunger, desperation, and suffering, it's hard to describe. But I feel lucky. I have a blanket, this diary, and my guitar.
Jess Robinson, everybody! Isn't she amazing? It has been such an incredible night, Nottingham. We've absolutely loved it. Have you enjoyed it? We're touring all around the country. Please tell your friends wherever they are or come to another show. We have different lineups and different things every night. So please come along to another show if you can. Tell someone else to come. It's just been so amazing to come back out and to be with you. And we just really appreciate it. Can I have a big, big, big round of applause for Kat from Monzine? <laughs>
You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, and my very special guests, Alison Spittle, Jade Adams, Celia A.B., and Kat from Monzine, with music from Jess Robinson. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The sound engineer was Chris Sharp. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Dom Zielinski. Thanks to Rachel, Gina, and everyone at the Theatre Royal, as well as our guys on the road, Stuart and Tom, Show and Tell, and all at UTA. More information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Hello, this is Kat from Moanzine, and I'm here to tell you about an incredible project that we are launching in collaboration with The Guilty Feminist. This is a project that holds the core aim to tear down the stigma attached to female pleasure and to really depict women's narrative on all things sex. We are taking control of the subject and collectively we will hold a narrative that the mainstream sex industry doesn't often highlight and we'll do this with power. We want to celebrate women, to create a safe space and a judgment-free zone for all women to express themselves and their eroticism. And we mean this truly, with no fear of being judged. With absolutely no social script for you to follow, this is about you being truly yourself. Okay, so let's get into the details of the project. So we have now opened up submissions for you to write to us. You can write to us about anything around the topic of sex. Your sexual experiences, your fantasies, your erotic stories, poetry and educational content around the topic as well. You can write to us anonymously or with your name being showcased and that is completely up to you. So when you submit your writing, please let us know whether or not you want to be anonymous. We want this to be a liberating moment for you with absolutely no pressure to conform. We want to feature as many voices, experiences and conversation starters as possible so you're all welcome in joining us in this journey. You can write these submissions on the Moanzine website and that's www.moanzine.com and the spelling for that is M-O-A-N-Z-I-N-E.com and you'll find us under the section The Guilty Moan and on there you'll find further details about the project too. Now once we've collected all submissions, Moan will pick and feature as many as possible in a limited edition publication. Those who are featured in the zine will receive a free copy of the book and the rest will be on sale on the Moan zine website. You must be 18 or over to be part of this project and the deadline for all submissions is Tuesday 19th of April 2022. So if that sounds like something you might want to be involved in then head over to moanzine.com which again that is m-o-a-n-z-i-n-e under the guilty moan section to learn more thank you and we look forward to your incredible submissions and are very excited to be launching a project like this with you the guilty feminist is provided exclusively from acast find it wherever you get your podcasts hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com